Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Innovative Economy, where we discover the future of money, markets, and payments, and how to thrive in the new disruptive technology. Today, as we know, cryptocurrencies and other digital assets are the most promising asset class that has ever emerged. And Age Crypto Investment Fund offers an experienced management team that fundamentally understands this revolution on the technical and financial level. Our guest today is partner of Age Crypto Asset Investment Fund and has worked over 14 years in financial markets and economics, advising managers, hedge funds, and mutual funds. Please welcome Tyler Frank. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Lori. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for being here. We're real happy to have you to talk a little bit more about crypto investment fund, your crypto investment fund. Of course. Perfect. Yeah. So what are you guys doing over there at Age? Um, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of things. It's, a, it's an exciting time in the sector. Um, I think that we're seeing an inflection point uh, in the overall market and in the overall uh, asset class where you're starting to see um, cryptocurrencies really be really be viewed as a legitimate asset class. Um, and you're starting to see institutional investors um, come into the space. So this is something that we've been waiting for for you know, the last eight years, um, and we're in the very beginning stages of, of institutions coming into the market. Um, so we think that we are at uh, the very, very, very start of a rapid growth period, uh, which should occur over the next uh, one to two decades. Oh, absolutely. You think it's going to be decades, not just years? Uh, yes, I, I think that you're going to see a transition into uh, cryptocurrencies and digital assets, and you'll see uh, effectively, um, you know, any any normal asset can be transitioned over into a digital version. So I think that will take uh, will take some time, um, and obviously the the period of adoption can take a while. Um, and so I think that you know this is a one to two decade type of investment, um, but a unique a unique investment in that um, it's it's brand new technology being brought to the forefront of uh, of investing, and um, you know the next two decades should be very very exciting. Yeah, and so could you tell us a little bit about how you work with your clients? Um, sure. Yeah. So, age. You know, we are a, a, a GPLP structure. Um, so, there's two general partners of the fund: myself and my partner Ethan Kravitz. Um, we both have, have different backgrounds. My background, as you mentioned, is, is in traditional finance. So, I've worked in wealth management um, and then uh, previously at in institutional equity research. Um, for many years covering disruptive stocks. So companies like Tesla Motors or um, SunPower, First Solar, um, Internet of Things companies, market companies, basically any sort of company that was applying some sort of uh, new disruptive technology to an already established space would fall under uh, my research coverage. Um, and, and that's how you mentioned earlier, I was, I was an advisor to many hedge funds and mutual funds and asset managers on, on which stocks to buy, which stocks to sell at any given time. Um, my partner, his background is in computer science and engineering. Uh, he's been the co-founder and CTO of multiple companies. Uh, we met uh, 16 years ago in college, so we've known each other for a long time. Um, and we, we paired our background uh, to build age and can effectively apply my knowledge of financial markets uh, with his knowledge of uh, technical expertise and being able to review projects from a code-based level up. Uh, and have, have been very successful so far um, in, in combining both of our backgrounds when evaluating uh, different assets to, to potentially invest in. Um, how we work with our clients is 
Um, you know, we effectively provide exposure to the digital asset class. Uh, many of our clients are uh, venture capitalists, angel investors, um, uh, tech tech entrepreneurs, or um, you know, people that work in traditional finance. And they know that they want exposure to this space, but obviously the space is extremely volatile. Um, there's a lot of uh, issues right now with um, with potential security risks and things like that. Um, and so what we do with our clients is we effectively eliminate uh, all those worries and all those concerns uh, by provide, by providing you know active active uh, capital management uh, and, and making sure that we uh, preserve wealth as well as build it and then at the same time um, you know pr uh, effectively secure assets that there's no or there's a, a very very reduced risk of any sort of hack um, or any any sort of event that could occur where we would somehow lose uh, lose custody and, and lose uh, lose those assets so. Um, I think that, that what we provide is, is lower risk exposure with much lower volatility than the market. And, uh, and so far, since we launched in 2018, we've had very good returns and uh, a very happy investor base. And so do you have work with only accredited investors? Right. So in the U.S., you must be an accredited investor. Um, so a net worth of at least uh, $1 million, excluding your residency, uh, or an income of $200,000 per year. We also have an offshore entity, so we can take foreign investors. Um, and we have a, a $100,000 investment minimum with a one-year lockup. I see. And so what drives your investment opportunities? Um, for us, you know, we, we, I tend to look at things from a bottoms-up perspective. So um, you know, I, I, I will look at a company um, and want to know what the technology is. I want to know um, how it's unique and how, it, how it's differentiated from anything else out there and what the competitive landscape is. Um, additionally, we'll look into the team's background. I want to make sure that, that, the, that everyone working on the project or at least the, the overall management team has had success elsewhere um, in their professional careers. Um, and we, we do you know, a full analysis from everything from how much capital have they raised, what is the cash flow, um, how large is the cash burn? Uh, what's their runway like? What are the upcoming events and, and, and uh, upcoming targets they're looking to hit, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, of, of every deal that we review, we probably invest in about 2%. Um, so maybe two out of 100 deals um, okay. we'll actually put capital into. Um, and we do not do equity investments. So we only invest in, um, in, in tokens of different projects. And those tokens need to be listed and have a liquidity event within one year. Um, and so by doing this, we're, we're able to effectively do very similar investing as uh, private equity or venture capital, except we're ensuring ourselves um, near-term liquidity. So if something does turn or change in the project, we're able to sell out of that position, uh, which is something that's very important to us since the space is evolving so rapidly and so quickly. Um, it's, it's impossible for us to choose long-term winners at this point. And so we need to be able right. to exit the positions if things start to change, um, whether that be project specific or the competitive landscape or regulatory action. Um, and so that's how, that's how we'll do ICOs when we invest, uh, in initial coin offerings or, or any coins that aren't, aren't publicly listed. Um, and then if we're investing in something that's already trading, um, which is a large portion of the portfolio. We're doing the same type of analysis where we want to know uh, that this, this company is, is you know, in our view, uh, a winner and a leader in the space. Um, and we actively monitor all of our positions so that if anything does change, we're very, very nimble and able to, uh, to move to cash. 
Okay, very good. And so cryptocurrency has been pretty volatile over the last few years. Well, since inception, actually. <laughs> um, so what would you say the outlook for cryptocurrency is for 2020? Yeah, I think um, I think 2020 is going to be a major inflection point for the industry. Um, and that's on, on multiple fronts. There's the macroeconomic and um, you know, the national state front, which we're already seeing countries like China, for example, develop their own cryptocurrency um, for their national currency. They're currently testing a cryptocurrency in three provinces. Um, you've, you've seen countries like Venezuela move to a, a cryptocurrency, the Petro. Um, and I think you're going to see that trend continue. So we're, we're going to see that in, uh, that trend likely continue, which can impact a lot of things, including, uh, including things like global trade. Um, you know, right now the U.S. controls global financial markets and the global financial system through the SWIFT system. Um, and when the U.S. puts on sanctions with various countries, um, they can they can actually shut down their access to the SWIFT system, which impacts their ability to trade not only with the U.S. but with with any country um, globally. And so you're seeing more and more countries look for alternative uh, alternative ways uh, to get trade done outside of the U.S. control. Um, and you've already seen you know, Germany, Russia, China, and several other countries um, express a, a desire for something outside of the SWIFT system. Um, and so I think you're going to see a platform like that developed for global trade. Um, and you're going to see um, U.S. sanctions you know, effectively get reduced in, in their power. Um, so that's going to be a shift that will take many years, but we'll, we'll likely start in 2020. Um, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, yeah. I'm, more, I'm more of a um, just market specific and, and on, a, on a, a lower level, you're going to see more and more institutions come into the space. So last year we saw um, uh, endowments start to come in. So Harvard, MIT, Stanford, they all invested in, in cryptocurrencies. Um, and I think that really helped to solidify the asset class as legitimate. Um, right. And I think that once that occurred, you started to see many other investment managers uh, you know, perk up and realize, okay, th this must be real. Um, and so I think that you're going to see pension funds, uh, traditional asset managers, sovereign wealth funds, et cetera, start to come into the space uh, throughout 2020, um, which should have a very, very positive impact on, uh, on asset valuations. Yeah, absolutely. And so that that's good for your company because you're going to see major enterprises that are wanting to move in into what you're already doing. Correct. Yes, yeah. it should be it should be beneficial for for the entire sector. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, do you have uh, international projects that you work with, or mainly in the U.S.? The projects are mainly in the U.S. Um, so we we work with both. Um, we can actively invest in both. Um, you know, one of our one of our international projects that we like a lot is a company called FTX, um, and this is one of our our most most recent uh, investments that we invested in. Uh, the token prior prior to it trading publicly, um, the token is called FTT, and what FTX is is a is an exchange, um, a derivatives exchange. Um, they most of their clientele comes from Asia. Um, the team is in Hong Kong as well as in Berkeley, um, and so a little spread out. But the company is is uh, is not based here in the U.S. Um, you know. Something that brought us to that investment was a platform that was already built, and so we, we could actually see and, and test out the platform. Um, at that point, the exchange was trading about $40 million in daily volume per day, and wow. this was in, in April of this year. 
And we've seen that uh, increase to about $250 million per day um, over the last eight months. So it's had incredible growth, um, been a very successful project for us. Um, but you know what it did is it checked all the boxes. Um, number one, very, very strong uh, management team that had experience with uh, coding at Facebook and Google, um, as well as trading at James Street and various Wall Street funds. Um, and then on, on top of that was was well capitalized, had a very, very good product, and was introducing introducing unique products to the marketplace, um, such as um, such as tokens that identified or or you know, uh, tokens that were equivalent to a basket of tokens, so almost like an NETF, for example. Okay. And these are these are products that we've never seen before in, in the crypto market. Um, and so all those things came together for us and, and you know, proved to be a, a very good investment, which is why we put capital in. And so far, it's been um, been a very, very high returning and, and made us very happy for an investment front. Uh, but that's an example of a project that's not U.S. based um, okay. that we've invested in. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, so do you uh, limit the amount of limited partners? Uh, yeah, so we can only take um, 100 limited partners total. Okay. Um, prior to us needing to start another fund. Um, okay. So right now we're in between 30 and 40. Um, oh, okay. So we are actively actively bringing on uh, new limited partners and, and hope to reach 100 within the next three to four months. Okay, well, that's good, good. And so uh, in your opinion, what do you see the future of money? Um, yeah, I think the future of, of money is, is going to go digital. Um, you know, as I, as I mentioned before, we're already seeing countries introduce uh, these digital currencies. Um, you know, on more of a consumer level, I think you're going to see a lot of things come to market within the next year um, that will really bring uh, cryptocurrencies uh, you know, down to, to the average consumer and make things easier. Um, so an example is uh, BACT, which is a it's a uh, cryptocurrency derivatives ex exchange that's owned by Inter Intercontinental Exchange, um, and they're the same owners as uh, they're the same parent company of the New York Stock Exchange, and so they're bringing to market uh, in 2020 an app that will let you uh, use cryptocurrency to buy your coffee at Starbucks. Um, they have partnerships with Microsoft and many other com companies, uh, and their real goal is to really bring cryptocurrencies to the consumer. Um, and so I think you're, you're going to see a huge marketing push from them uh, and from many other companies uh, in 2020 and, and start to see the space really, really be brought to the forefront of the average consumer's day. Um, and so what, what that can do is it can benefit people a lot. For, for example, if you're traveling around the world, um, you know, there's Starbucks in many countries. And instead of having to pay a foreign conversion, a, a foreign currency conversion fee by using your credit card, et cetera, you'll be able to use this app. Um, pay with Bitcoin or, or you know, the cryptocurrency of your choice, avoid those fees uh, and not have, not have to worry about pulling out the local currency to, to pay in cash. Um, so that's just one benefit, but um, you know, things like that are, are, are being developed more and more and, and we're going to start seeing those come to market uh, next year. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's creating a global economy. That's for sure. Correct. The ability to uh, not have to to convert currencies. So in your opinion, then what can our listeners do to thrive in a new, with the new innovative economy? Yeah, I think, um, I think just putting in the, the time and the effort to research the asset class. Um, you know, I, I would compare this to the internet in 1994 when yes. most people didn't know what it was. Um, and, and most people didn't even know, um, you know how to explain it and hadn't looked into it and really, really thought it would be something that, 
either companies would use internally or um, something that wouldn't really impact their day-to-day -day lives. And right, you know, surprise. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think we're at the very same stage here with, with cryptocurrencies. Um, and so, as as a as a listener and, and as a, a person that you know, investor or not, I think it's important to at least stay up on the sector and understand what's occurring because it can impact your life in many different ways, and it's going to impact the world from you know, global trade um, all the way down to how you pay for for goods and services. Um, and so, I, I think it's important just to put the time time and, and effort in um, to understand what's occurring and, and understand the changes that are that are going to be coming down the pipe. Yeah. Absolutely. Lots of changes. So uh, I have a question for you. Why, when you're explaining to an investor why they should invest in cryptocurrency rather than uh, a regular dollar hedge fund? Yeah. What, what do you, what's your basic reason to tell them? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think one of the most important reasons is because this asset class it is real and it's probably the only opportunity that you'll have in your lifetime to front run institutional investors. So any other asset class, you know, uh, that, that I've experienced in my life, institutions are, were, are there first. Um, and they effectively have uh, you know, a, a lot of control and power over the market right now. Um, since we're seeing regulations take longer than expected, um, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty around that. Um, institutions are, are slowly coming in, but the majority of investment capital is still on the sidelines. So in terms of returns over the next few years, um, this is probably, I, I, would be, um, I would be dumbfounded if any asset class had, had stronger returns uh, than the cryptocurrency markets. And, uh, and this is definitely an opportunity to get in on the ground floor of something that is, is going to be large. The, the pieces are already in place to build this market um, and to be able to do that prior to institutional capital coming in. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's, that's the number one reason um, I would want exposure to this asset class. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And so do you have uh, any, any uh, advice uh, as far as what uh, you can offer our listeners? Um, I mean, for us, you know, we, we can offer informational services. Um, if, if any listener you know, wants uh, additional information about our fund or just wants to be included on our mailing list, um, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, send an email to info at age.fund, yeah. um, and we'll add you to our, uh, our newsletters and, and quarterly updates that we send out. Uh, I think that will help you stay on top of the market and, and, and be very educational. Um, and you know, on, on top of that, I, I, as I said before, I would just put some time and, and effort in, in learning about the space and, and the technology that's being built. Oh, excellent. Now, with your educational newsletters that you send out, are, do you provide information about some of your investment opportunities as well? Yeah. So the, the newsletters that go out to our clients you know, do a, a quarterly update about things that we've invested in, how we're positioned portfolio, um, how we've adjusted the portfolio. We're very nimble. Um, we, we, we do a top-down approach. So if we think the market's going to have a pullback, we have, we have no problem moving, moving all into cash um, okay. and, and, and in order to protect investor capital. So we let investors know what we're doing um, and, and you know, what, what our expectation is for the next three to six months and how we're adjusting the portfolio based on that. Um, you know, in terms of the, the general, general newsletters that would go out to people that are not investors, um, you know, that, those will cover things more of just the macroeconomic environment, um, how we're seeing the market, et cetera, but may not go into the level of detail that you would get, obviously, if you were invested in the fund. 
Right, right. Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much for our time. See, it goes so fast, doesn't it? It does, yes. <laughs> well, I'm really glad to hear a little bit more about Age Crypto and Asset Investment Fund and uh, and what you guys are doing over there. Some really good stuff. And uh, thank you for your time to provide some more education to our Perfect. listeners. Yeah, thank you, Lori. I, I, you know, thanks for having me on. I great, greatly appreciate it. Oh, well, we're glad you're here. And thank you, everybody, for joining in today. And you have a wonderful day. And we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.